Hi, and welcome to the Lessons with Leslie podcast, where I share all things self-love and becoming God's version of you. Are you a woman who struggles with loving yourself or seeing yourself the way God sees you? Where you're in the right place and you're also in good company because I used to be that woman too, but thankfully I am not her anymore. My self-love journey is full of valuable lessons that I'm eager to share with you. It is my hope that I can empower you to become everything that God had in mind when he created the unique masterpiece that is called you. And yes, I'm talking to you. Thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with me today. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy April to you. Happy Good Friday and happy Resurrection Weekend. I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for being here today. Spring is in the air and it's in full effect, I can tell, because my sinuses and this pollen have been fighting each other for the past few weeks, and it looks like this pollen is winning so far. So let's go ahead and jump right into today's episode, which is entitled The Eve Complex. It's a four-part series, and in my last episode, I shared a lesson entitled The Eve Complex Part 1, which was Did God Really Say That? So please check that one out first. Today, we're building with Part 2 with the subtitle of Eye Candy. So ladies, let me ask you, you see the man of your dreams or something that you have always wanted? Now, all of a sudden, your eyes will light up, your heart skips a beat, you're showing all 32, just because it looks good or he looks good and it makes you feel good, does that mean that it's good for you? So stick with me and we're going to discuss it today. So I'm going to start off with our scriptural reference, which is Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, and I'll read the NIV translation to lay the foundation for today's episode. Verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. In verse six, it states that Eve saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Now, it wasn't so much that she was excited about tasting the fruit because there were other trees in the garden that she could eat from, but she was more intrigued by what would happen when she did. She thought she would become wise like God and uncover this big secret, but um, what had happened was she and Adam ended up bringing sin into their lives along with some horrible consequences that they couldn't do anything about. Now, most of us are familiar with the term eye candy, but if you're not, I'm going to give you the definition that I found on freedictionary.com, and it defined eye candy as something superficially attractive, good to look at, but often has very little substance, meaning, or purpose. And I'll throw in, most of the time, you don't end up getting what you think that you will. So I'll preface this by saying that all eye candy is not bad for you. It is part of our human experience to see something and like it or want it, and that is healthy as long as it doesn't lead us to sin. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting a house, you know, your dream car, wealth, your own business, relationships. God has no problem, and he even takes delight in blessing his children with abundance in every area of our lives. Now, our eyes, they are very powerful when it comes to interpreting what we see. Who and what we find attractive, it will differ from person to person. We all don't like the same thing, and I think that there's beauty in that. And for all my single ladies, let me just give you a little piece of advice. 
I know that there are certain physical features that you find attractive in a man, and that is totally fine. But it's my advice to you to keep your standards, don't lower them, but be okay with adjusting your preferences. Does he have to be 6'2"? Does he have to have a six-pack? <laughs> Does he have to drive a European vehicle? Because if those are your preferences, then that's all you're looking for. You might just be missing out on your Boaz. I'm just saying, ladies. Our eyes, they play a huge role in the decisions that we make. Many of our choices are driven by how something looks or how someone looks. We eat with our eyes. Now, if I see a piece of cake or a bowl of broccoli and I have a choice, guess which one I'm going for? <laughs> no brainer. Cake for sure. We also shop with our eyes. That's how those late night TV ads get us. We are ordering, you know, Amazon is showing up at our door every day. The mall, it gets us. It's calling our name. Sometimes we even buy something sight unseen because how good it looked online or in a picture. And there are many people right now that are in deep in credit card debt because of their eyes. Online dating, that is a virtual Rolodex, and it is full of eye candy. It attracts millions and millions of people that are searching for, quote unquote, the one. And many fall in love with a picture, a profile picture that, you know, they see and they're ready to marry that person, you know, that they have never, ever met or barely even know. Now, to each his own. But with these online relationships, I know they sometimes work out and that's great. But I've heard so many horror stories and it's just not something that I would personally recommend. Now, as I stated a few minutes ago, looking at, desiring, or enjoying things that are pleasing to the eye is harmless. However, if you become fixated on it, that you want it so bad that it consumes you, now that's going to be a problem because it will typically lead you to being manipulative, dishonest, overindulging, disrespecting yourself, or disrespecting someone else, and disobeying God to get what you want. And when this happens, just know that your eyes have led you down a path that could destroy you. Now, I'll be the first one to admit I have had my share of eye candy. Seeing something or someone that I wanted and I just had to have it. So I went ahead of God. I totally left him out and did my own thing, which caused me to end up in wrong relationships, in debt, chasing what I thought was going to make me happy. But I finally read the memo, which is God's word. He brought me out and I am staying out. Y'all, I have found that it's best to just chill and let things happen in God's timing because those consequences and setbacks that come with our poor decisions and poor choices, they are not any fun at all. Yes, there's still things that I like and still, still things that I desire, but um, I'll wait. <laughs> First John chapter 2, verse 16, the NLT translation states, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. The other thing is that Adam and Eve had everything they needed and then some. They were in this lush, beautiful garden that was ready for them to enjoy, to dominate and increase what they had been given. But Eve decided to focus on this one thing that she thought she was lacking— and it caused them to have their garden privileges totally revoked. The misguided focus on the wrong thing could cause us to lose what matters the most. Let me ask us, why is it that we can't see how blessed we really are, all that we've been given to enjoy, but instead we become discontent, we start looking around at what others have, so comparison is going to sit in and we'll start trying to find something that will make us happier, 
more desirable, that will give us clout or make us a status symbol, instead of enjoying the countless blessings that God has freely given to us. While we're wishing that we had more, there is someone who would love to trade places with us, and I can promise you that. Our eyes and our soul does not know what satisfaction is. We will always be presented with something or someone new to tempt us. The lust of the eyes says, I see it and I want it. The lust of the flesh says, it will make me feel good. What do I need to do to get it? And the pride of life says, even if I'm not supposed to have it, it's about to be mine by any means necessary. Now, eye candy is nothing new. I have some Old Testament witnesses besides Eve that can tell us what happens when lust leads the way. The first one is David. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, he laid his eyes on a married woman named Bathsheba. He determined, I have to have her. And his desire resulted in infidelity, pregnancy, and ultimately murder of an innocent man. The second one is Samson. Prior to Judges chapter 16, Samson had the supernatural strength that God had given him. He ripped a lion apart with his bare hands. He killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And every trap that was set for him, God would always give him unexplainable physical strength to defeat his enemies. But that is until he met and fell in love with Delilah in Judges chapter 16. Now, the Philistines, they couldn't figure out how Samson was so strong. They knew he was not in the gym bitch pressing and he didn't have any ordinary muscles. So they offered Delilah money if she could find out where his strength came from. Now, it took her a few tries to get the answer, but the fourth time was a charm and he told her the secret. And not only did he end up getting a haircut, but he was also captured. His eyes were gouged out. He went to prison and he later died. But God did allow him to get revenge on the Philistines before his death. And the third one is is Solomon. Solomon had a level of wisdom and wealth that no one could compete with. But his biggest downfall was that he loved women and a bunch of them, even if they served other gods. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Did I say he loved women? <laughs> this is one part of his life where he threw wisdom out the window. He made the decision to let his wives lead him astray. And in 1 Kings chapter 11, he started worshiping the false gods that his wives worshiped, and he even built temples for them to worship their gods in. Now, Jehovah God, the true God, he tried to warn Solomon of the danger of what he was doing, but he ignored God, and this resulted in generational consequences. And it wasn't until the book of Ecclesiastes where Solomon finally realized that all of the eye candy that he had amassed for his personal pleasure, it was not worth it. When it comes to temptation, temptation is a trap and it shows up at the most inopportune time when we're our weakest, our most vulnerable, we're in our feelings or we've let our guard down. Now think about a mouse that sees this delightful, yummy piece of cheese sitting on a mouse trap. Now all he sees is the cheese, probably thinking about how good it's going to taste. He doesn't see that big spring that's about to clamp down on him once he takes a bite or maybe he thinks that he can outsmart the trap. Now, I'm not comparing us to a mouse, but that's how temptation does us. It is all good until it's not. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, the NIV translation states, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he, attempt, nor does he tempt anyone. 
But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So how do we manage our eye candy, the things that tempt us? And I say manage it because we're going to see a lot of things that we like, that we wish we had, and that we're tempted to try and get. Temptation is not a one-time occurrence. I wish it was, but it's unavoidable. It's not something that we will conquer once and never, ever have to deal with again. And I dare say it's almost a daily reality in some form or fashion. Now, we just can't walk around life with our eyes closed or turn our feelings off Temptation is all around us and is here to stay, so we have to learn how to manage it and not get caught up in the now. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the NIV translation states, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. So when it comes to temptation, according to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, we must, number one, know that it's common. You have not been singled out. I know it feels like it. (laughs) You're not being picked on. You're not the only one being tempted. Temptation happens to all of us and on the regular. Number two, when you are tempted, the scripture didn't say if by chance, you know, it might happen. It says when. That means it's going to happen. And what tempts you may or may not tempt me. And number three. God will not allow the temptation to be more than you can handle. Say what? (laughs) Because it sure feels like it sometimes. But you know why we feel that way? Like we can't resist it or we end up giving in. It's because we don't take the escape that God provides. We don't even look for it. Our resistance game is weak, which brings me to number four. God will give you a way out every single day. Time. But do we even stop long enough to ask him for help? And I dare say most of the time, no, because we have our mind and our heart already set on that instant gratification that we're about to experience. That dopamine rush is about to hit and we are not trying to stop it. But following God's escape route would teach us discipline, contentment, and patience because God wants us to learn how to say no now for a better yes later. In Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. I won't read that, but to just summarize, Jesus was led in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Now, we've got to remember that this was a human experience for Jesus, and he went through all of this for us so that he would know exactly how temptation felt. Now, this was one of his most vulnerable times after a 40-day, 40-night fast, and I dare say some of us can't even endure temptation for 40 minutes let alone going 40 days and then then being propositioned with the very thing that you need. Satan approached him on three different times with three different suggestions, but he did not take the bait. In today's vernacular, Jesus essentially responded to Satan by saying, Not today, Satan. This is what my father's word says, and we already know that the enemy is never a match for God's word. So I'll close with this. Since temptation isn't going anywhere, Unfortunately, (laughs) we're going to see things that we're tempted by. We'll want to do things that we already know are not good for us because we've got proof. We've done them before. So how do we keep from falling in that same trap over and over again? Proverbs 4 verses 25 through 27, the ERV translation gives us some great advice and it states, keep your eyes on the path and look straight ahead. 
Make sure you're going the right way and nothing will make you fall. Don't go to the right or to the left and you will stay away from evil. The most amazing privilege that we don't take full advantage of is our relationship with God and the power of his word. Now, he longs to help us, but we don't come to him until after the fact. So let's work on that. Let's ask him, God, is this the right guy for me? Is this a healthy relationship, a healthy friendship? Am I making a good financial investment or should I be making this major purchase right now? Or this temptation, whatever it is for you, Lord, it is about to get the best of me. I'm about to slip. Help. (laughs) And he's going to be right there with an escape plan so that you can avoid the pitfalls that yielding to temptation brings. So let's stay on the path to his best. His way beats a temporary thrill any day. Trust me, I can assure you. So let's keep our eyes on God, the author and the finisher of our faith. So please feel free to leave a comment if this episode resonated with you. I also have a YouTube channel, Lessons with Leslie, where there's a new video every Friday. So I would love for you to join me on that platform as well. And also join me on April the 21st. We will be on the Eve Complex Part 3 with the subtitle of The Jealous Serpent. Let me ask you, what was the serpent's motive for deceiving Eve? Did he realize that she had something that he would never, ever be able to have again? Guys, let me tell you, this is one episode that you do not want to miss. So join me on the 21st and let's talk about it. Have an amazing resurrection weekend and please know that I do appreciate you. Take care. So this concludes today's episode of Lessons with Leslie. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I do appreciate it. In the description of this podcast, you will find my website and social media platform information, and I would love to connect with you there. I also look forward to chatting with you every first and third Friday of the month. In the meantime, remember that you matter because you do. In Christ, you will always be enough. You are never alone. And most importantly, you are eternally and unconditionally loved. Until next time, take care.